Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast, it's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic, you can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com, or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. If you've never felt it before, you'll feel it now. Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. The Ultimate Breakers, Kelly, Ozone, and Turbo are back for everyone who believes in the beat. And the beat's never been better. Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, rated PG. Starts Wednesday at a theater near you. Party people in the place to be. This is what you've all been waiting to see. Electric Boogaloo, the ultimate show. With Kelly, Ozone, and Turbo. Electric Boogaloo is breakdance too. Yes, Hi. Electric Boogaloo's action dance, the best you'll get. If you like breakdance when you ain't seen nothing yet. I'll finish you, your friends, and your whole damn neighborhood. This time there is an enemy, so they must unite. Because to say what you believe in, sometimes you must fight. You lost your edge. Right. Electric Boogaloo's the greatest, nothing can compete. And once you've seen this movie, you'll believe in the beat. Another good one from Canon. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic.
Dude, whoa, dude, dude, no! Oh. Whoa, dude, whoa, dude, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ta -da -da. <laughs> I, I hear somebody not muting their movie. Hello, yeah. and welcome hey. to Fantastic. <laughs> Episode number one, 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 it's been a while. It's been a while. 146, good sir. We've been we've been away a couple weeks. Joey and I took uh, uh, alternate vacations, not at the same time for reasons that that are probably clear, and uh, <clears throat> so we we missed about a half a month of uh, movie podcasts. But we're back now and right. making up for lost time. I mean, unless you want a paradox, <clears throat> we could take a vacation at the same time, or worse, at the same time together. We don't want that. It's probably not a good idea. No, 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 no. not a, not a. no, 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 especially. Uh, at the same place, <clears throat> at the same time? Nah. <laughs> how, can the, how can the same thing happen to the same guy twice? Twice. <laughs> we're, we're reviewing uh, Breakin' and Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo. Yes, and I, I felt I didn't need to play the trailer for both films, because <laughs> what's the fucking point? <laughs> it's like, Seriously. As as is my uh, as is my uh, um, habit, I tend to make Holly, uh, my girlfriend, watch my movies with me. Yeah. And we sat down. I and I explained to her my plan was to watch uh, Breaking and Breaking to Electric Boogaloo. And she said, well, "Do we really have to watch both films?" I said, "Well, we have a choice. We can watch both films, or we can watch the first one twice." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. And she opted for neither, and so I ended up watching Breaking Two by my lonesome. Oh. But uh, now the original challenge was from you to me, and yes. it was breaking. It was breaking, just breaking two electric boogaloo. Correct. Correct. That is correct. Uh, which is kind of it is really the iconic uh, term. They struck gold with just with the name breaking two electric boogaloo because electric boogaloo is almost like just the the it's it's like a catchphrase now to add on to any film that ends with two. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if you if you go to the um, the wiki page for the movie, they mention it there. Mm -hmm. yeah, because it, it has gone to that iconic status of just the name. One of our podcasts, uh, not this one for but for strangers, is called Black Friday Two Electric Boogaloo. That's the point, you know. So it uh, the the problem. One of the biggest problems with both of these films is it relies heavily with it relies heavily by uh, on not having on, a plot. Well, there's a plot, but it's not a plot that's def that's really original or well. All right, let's put it this way: Part Two has more of an actual plot, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, do you, really? No, no, do you, part, do you, do you part, think so? Yeah, part two definitely has more of... Well, if if by plot you mean conflict resolution, then yes. I'm, I'm what I, what at, I mean is uh, here. essentially uh, an 80-minute music video with about 10 minutes of actual film. All right, now, now he, I've been a busy camper. Uh, between I'm talking work, about the second one, not the first one. The first one had I'm a bit more, more film in it. The right, second one is literally an 80-minute music video. All right. Yeah, and 10 right. minutes. I mean, you cue gonna, the seven-minute dance scene, 
then go to the bank or uh, town hall where they talk for 30 seconds okay ne- right on to the next dance scene let, let me let me let me kind of explain what i'm saying and i'll agree with you by clarifying okay. uh, uh, by plot i mean an actual progression of thir- first act second act third act and co- a, a conflict that needs to be resolved by the the you know heroes of the film i would say that part 2 has a more defined plot it has a setup of what has to be done it has the attempts to do it and then it has the third act where, where everything comes into play i would say the first film has more character development the first film is a character yeah. study so to speak there is a minor plot involved that doesn't really mean anything it's just like oh we want to be successful oh it's good that's good that's uh yeah right good yeah for you. let's dance but, and and, and right. get our own but show broadway show but it's Right, but but in that film, it's really more about the characters getting to know each other. It's like an origin story, so it's more character development. So I, I will I, agree with that. It's also the higher higher rated film on IMDb, and when you look at why? both films, I know. But when you look and watch both films, you can understand they're both horrible. But you can understand why the first one has a better rating, because, like you said, it is a bit more character driven. The plot, razor thin as it is. Uh, because it's more character drawn, you can't. I don't even want to say you get a better performance out of the actors because they suck in both movies, but they suck so much more in the second film. Lots of voiceover. I mean, just totally taking things in post and adding. It's like, oh yeah, this scene is she's just hugging him. We we should really maybe put something in there and then cue the voiceover. I mean, it, it gets that bad in the second film, where it almost looks like they did a lot of reshoots. Like, one of the things that I didn't know about either one of these movies is that I th- I thought that the second film came out a year or two later, but it actually only came out six months after the first film came out. True. This one came out, the first one came out, I believe it was May or June of, two, of, of 2000, uh, 1984. And then Breaking 2 came out Christmas or December, whatever, 16th, 1984. Now, what's crazy about that is that pretty much is unheard of. Nobody does that. It's very rare that they'll do release a sequel the same year The Matrix did it. Um, you know, it's just a rare occurrence. But, yeah, and, but, but, like I said, I really thought that the second film came out a year or two after. Mm-hmm. At the end, did you? I just happened to watch the entire credits for the first film. It actually says in the ending credits of the first film, coming soon, electric or break into electric boogaloo. And right. I'm like, holy shit, it was planned. Well, now, it, it didn't say break in two. It just said Electric Boogaloo, but the implication was a sequel. Correct. Correct. Now, one thing I read, uh, Canon is just an amazing distribution. They, 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 they became like, they were known as like, what is like the seventh biggest, uh, like main Hollywood. They, be, they became a contender with, with like MGM and, and the like. Uh, and their big thing was they just got into uh, exploitation. They found a niche. And uh, yeah. they're... They're most Canon's most famous for the Death Wish sequels, Missing in Action series, Exterminator, which we've done previously, yep. uh, and uh, you know Breakin, obviously. And they just really had a knack for 
finding these uh, exploitation markets that were ripe and doing low-budget films and pushing them out there. Now, the one thing I read that explains the break-in, break-into uh, time span is that while they were finishing the first film, they pre-sold so much uh, of it. Well, like ticket that, sales? Uh, no, distribution rights. Oh, I see. Okay. They, they pre-sold the distribu- distribution rights They and pre-sold it. It went, they sold it so well, like they made so much money off of it, that they immediately started working on the sequel. It's like, no matter, like, even if the movie doesn't do that well, it's going to be everywhere. And so it was. Just going, I mean, yeah, as a so kid, just, I couldn't escape, could not escape seeing a movie trailer, right. a poster, whatever. It was everywhere. So they, cr- you know, so they cranked the film out in a month or two, and, uh... It's, it's hence, it's, hence why there's so many dance scenes because that's yeah, just, just easy to put together so so you can see the concept of hey you know what we we haven't even finished this we haven't finished edit, you know editing this film yet and we've already we're already in profit so good let's get start the sequel <laughs> you know <laughs> it's all gravy from here on in uh and i they, i'm not sure if they knew how i mean again if it did if they sold it well on the distribution end that doesn't mean it's going to do well but they just managed to hit a nerve and it wasn't that hard to hit a nerve back then, apparently, with some of the stuff that was just becoming... No. Again, you know, 80s is not, was not a quality time for filmmaking. Well, you know it what really I find wasn't. The, no, what I find the most sad is film, a film like this, with with all of the dancing and just, just the terrible plot and, and all that stuff, it's no different. It really is no different than any of the stuff that they release now, film-wise, high school musical... Uh, step up, you know, shit like that. It, it it might be a little better produced. The production value might be a little better. You got prettier people, but mm. none of these films are, are any different. And what's even worse is on television. So you think you can dance, Dancing with the Stars, just TV shows like that. They're all garbage. They're all garbage. Movies like this, garbage. Movies like Step Up and. Uh, what was what's the other one with the cheerleaders? Uh, oh, what the fuck is it called? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, anyway, then they, then you got Stomp the Yard. I mean, so, the, I the fact that I know half half of these films' names, it just proves a point that they just pound it home, and you can't avoid it. But it doesn't stop the well, fact and, that and, they're all shit. Sure. And, my, and again, they still make shit movies today, obviously, but just better well, quality. Just you know, just because they put more money into That's them now. Exactly what I said. But, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you. Kind of, you <laughs> completely. Yeah, that's what I mean. I know it um, hurts. <laughs> my my personal <laughs> capsule review of uh, of Breakin is it's flash dance without the welding means step up without the uh, hot underage teenagers. teenagers. I like it. Yeah, so that's you know, and then breaking to breaking to Electric Boogaloo, of course, is the Godfather two of breaking movies from the eighties. Godfather two. Electric Boogaloo. Godfather three would be more appropriate, but I know what you're getting at. Actually, you know, what? <laughs> actually, in some ways, I, I think Breaking Two is the Die Hard two of eighties uh, breakdancing films. Because it's it's really it it the quality is actually now the copies I have that I watched Breaking. Beautiful copy, Breaking Two. It's like I'm actually watching it on v- on a VCR. Right. 
I, I, so, I would I would say Die Hard Two is 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 too I don't want to say too good of a film, but it's it's better no. than no, no Die Hard no 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 it's better no. than Breaking Two gives credit for. I might go Highlander Two. I might say Breaking oh, Two is the Highlander Two. Not Die Hard too. You had to you had to go I there. Th- I mean, that's wow. I think that's All shitting right. on Die Hard a little too much. Ah, uh, that was that was just <laughs> uncalled for. But uncalled it needed for. to be said. Needed to be said. Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to we find get, other. We all know reference. Die Hard. What the film I just referenced? Oh, uh, the 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 dancing films. There was Step Up, and then there's but the one with the cheerleaders you mentioned. And now I'm mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is in one of them. If you just look up her name, you'll find it. It's not get you got served. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, all right, yeah. I found it. But no, I, is it you got no? Served? Is it not? Is Kirsten Dunst in that? I don't know. I, I didn't think that was it. Hold Step on. up, stomp yard. Bring it on! Bring it on! That's, that's it. it. Although you got served is probably another dance movie. For all yeah, I it is. It's just it's, it's it's more urban though. More urban. <laughs> more urban. <laughs> Spe- more urban than stop co- the yacht. Stomp the yacht. Speaking of code words <laughs> for black. Yeah. <laughs> Watching break in and break into it's it's there there's be, be, being like twenty, almost thirty years ahead of these films, right. uh, or practically thirty years. Ahead, no, it's thirty years. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, uh, being thirty, the, the, just some of the prevailing attitudes. I mean, uh, now, for, uh, do we have to describe the basic setup of the films? Uh, I mean, break. Let's, let's start with breaking. Uh, breaking. Yeah. I mean, is literally start, two sentences. Well, w- let's just start with the main characters. Uh, you've got um, Kelly, played by Lucinda Dickey. She's uh, her big claim to fame, as far as I'm concerned. Besides Electric Boogaloo, is well, not by not. As I'm concerned, because she's only been in like a handful of films, right. she also was in um, Ni- Amer- was it American Ninja Three? No, no, Ninja Three. Ninja Three: The Domination. Yeah, which and I watched. Show Kasuji, fucking Sh- loved that guy growing up as a kid. Watched everything. Fucking Revenge yeah. of the Ninja, Pray for Death. I remember trying to get Pray for Death on VHS. And it was just, oh, no, we got a reserve list for that. It's probably two, three. <laughs> really? Just, just the thought of thinking about reserving something now. I, I just want to <laughs> just smack the old me. It's like, just wait 20 years. You'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> but just pray for death and then Ninja 3, The Domination. I just, I watched that film a lot. And one of the scenes that sticks out in my head so much with that film is when she's getting seduced by her cop boyfriend, or he's trying to be her boyfriend, and she pours wine down her chest, and he starts, he goes in for it, and he's like, you know, he's licking up the wine, and it's like this supposed to be the steamy sex scene, and then it progresses, and it fades out. That stuck, stuck with me, that scene, because I thought she was the fucking bee's knees when I was growing up. Not so much now. I'm going to ignore that phrase and move on. The bees uh, actually, well, speaking of the bees knees, her first film was Grease Two. She was in that. Yes, she was. I, God, I now, don't remember her in that. Ironically, uh, she also in, in Grease, also like uh, like the first film in Grease Two for somebody was, uh, and I'm again, I'm bad with names, and these, these films are gonna kill me. Uh, but uh, Christopher McDonald. Okay. Oh yeah. 
the, the, he, he's, uh, the two films that stick in my head for him is always he's Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore. Yep. Uh, apparently his big claim to fame was Thelma and Louise, which I've never seen. But he's the husband that they she rather he, die than go back to. He's the husband. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it and was a very popular film, but I, I wouldn't give that to his, for me I, anyway. I, I think from like a, a star power standpoint, it was a big break for him. Uh, but then it also got him going on the bad guy roles, and he was also the husband, the bad, the bad husband uh, in Dutch. He was. Well, no, he was the, the bad the father. End. He was the ex-husband. They were separated. I don't think they were actually divorced. So, I'm not I'm sure. sure. They were divorced. I don't he was still the bad husband. Ex-husband. But anyway, Christopher anyway. McDonald. Yeah. Ex, ex, bad ex-husband still equals bad husband. So. <laughs> Does it? Yes. So he had to be a he had to be a bad husband before he became a bad ex husband. Yeah, but he's more of a bad father because he has zero interaction with the wife. He had more interaction with the wife than he did with the kid in the film. If you want to keep arguing this, no, he didn't. <laughs> he really didn't. He really did. He wasn't even with the kid when the kid was picked up by Dutch. Dutch picks the kid up. He doesn't right. see the kid till the end of the film. Okay, so he how is he the, interacting more with the wife than, than the kid? Because he has more actual dialogue and scenes with the mother than he does with the kid the entire course of the film. <sighs> no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. You can Because Dutch is with the kid the entire film. When does he meet the kid at the end? When, is, when does the father talk to the, the, the he mother? He talks to him. The beginning. He makes a phone call to the father, and the father's like, no, sorry, sport, I can't pick you up, or whatever. I, whatever. Let's move on. Seriously. Why are you? Why is your screen frozen? Did you get disconnected? <laughs> what? My point being, Christopher McDonald also got his start, main start, in Greece too as well, so that's kind of irony, ironic. That is true. That's right. Yes. Now and then, uh, and he and he plays, of course, her agent in the film, and so, but we got sidetracked a little bit, kind of. A little bit. Um, uh, Lucinda Dickey plays Kelly, aka Special K, which I'm uh, I'm assuming was before that was a drug name. Uh, I, I don't I, think. Catapult yeah, you know out. what? I bet they, I bet they were going for the Kellogg's angle. <laughs> oh, they were because they, they had because they, they had special K behind them when you see the uh, uh, the other guys working in the shop. Oh, I really? Jesus yeah, Christ. but I, but I, I just don't think I, I don't think that the connection was there at the time. The sh of, uh, no, no, I bet it was, and it was just the shittiest ad placement. It's like they couldn't. It's like with most films, it's usually done in a way where it's like, oh my God, Pepsi, really? You know, in the second film, it was Pizza Hut, but you could barely see the box. Right. You know, they were just flipping boxes. The fact that there was a, a Kellogg's Special K box somewhere in the shot, and I didn't notice it. There was there was a whole there was a whole shelf like line of them. It was it was blatant. Was uh, it, really? it was just yeah. It was it was just the one time though. It's not I like watched it, was, it on it was, a I watched it on a television and everything. I didn't even notice. That that's okay. I'm just more observant than you. That's that's understandable. Uh, that's possible. <laughs> and not but, probable. Uh, and she meets up with two street dancers uh, by the names of Ozone and Turbo. Yeah. Played by now Adolfo Adolfo Quinones, uh, also known as Adolfo Shabadu Quinones. Uh, he he's played a, he's a, Turbo, right? Ozone. Ozone. Yeah, ozone. Played ozone. 
and he's uh, a choreographer, dancer. He was actually in some uh, video beforehand when the film before the film was made, and he was very and he still has had a career as a choreographer, dancer, etc. Michael Chambers plays Turbo. He's had less of a career uh, than Adolfo has, but the one thing I did notice that surprised me is that Michael Chambers, who is the smaller, goofy rap dancer in in yeah. both films, also played Good Robot uh, Bill in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. What pissed me off is the minute I saw that, I backtracked and checked, and Adolfo doesn't play Good Robot uh, Ted, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense to me. You get that role, you bring Adolfo. Adolfo. I, if I'm doing a Good Robot Bill, you got to be Good Robot Ted. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm sure it was brought to his attention. He's like, uh, "Fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> Never working with that guy again. Like I'm sure that they uh, they brought Breaking Two to um, Mike uh, McDonald, and he's like, "What are you fucking crazy?" <laughs> yeah. So they get he, some he, other agent guy. Actually, uh, I did read that he was uh, offered a role in Part Two and turned it down. Of course he did. Yes. Even at the even at the beginning of his career. All right. Yeah. Okay. You know, he was smart enough to say no. I, I think he probably he might have turned it down just because he's a, he was a very busy actor around that time period. I don't know about just that. They <laughs> I mean, were pretty he's, much. It's not, it's not like I, he's. It's not like he's like had. It's not like he does only great movies. No, no, I mean, no. But fair. they were pretty much making the sequel, like you said, as they were editing the first one. Well, I mean, well, not as they're. I mean, they have to go out and film it and everything. But I, I think not, they just kicked gears up and I'm not being said, literal. Like, not being literal. I am. Well, I am, but I'm just saying. Not. <laughs> Why? There's there's probably conflict. Why? There's probably conflict of interest. Maybe. You know, I thought the first script was shit. Then you hand me this one. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I can't argue that. I owed a fucking favor, and you expect me to do the second one? You haven't even now, paid me for the first one. Now the people that make it from the first film to the second one not are not only the three main characters Ozone, Turbo, and Kelly, but yeah. also uh, Ice T, of course, who is yeah. rapping throughout both films. And, and I read some Ele trivia that he's the only actor to have made it into all three films because there is another Breakin film. It's by a different name, but it is an another sequel. Not and an he he's sequel, he's in that one too. Not an official sequel though. Maybe a spinoff. Uh, no, it's a sequel. Hold on. No, it's it not, me. because it's not. there's no three on it. I will tell you what it's called. And Electro Rock, which is the, the, the evil dance band trio that they oh, uh, compete God. against in their little dance-offs repeatedly. And you, you, you mentioned that you're more observant than me, which is true sometimes. I did. Um, I, I I just posed it as a possibility. I didn't say it was true. Yeah. Did you notice that the girl from the first film that was in the evil gang, yes, street gang dancers, was a part of uh, theirs as well. The what same girl from the first film. What in the first film where she's they're part in, of Electro Rock? She's she's yeah, part of Electro Rock. Rock. Yeah, yes. all three of them are in the first and second film. Yeah. But did you notice that at the end of the first film, when they're in the, the, the show Street Jazz, 
that uh-huh. the enemies from the first film were all in that as well, and they were all buddies. They're all uh, having a know, great time. You know, I, I didn't notice that because honestly, at that point, I'd given up. <laughs> it took you that long. <laughs> well, I mean, once I, I kind of knew once we got into uh, uh, street jazz, the, the musical. Right. I uh-huh. knew that there was nothing in the film but more and more dancing until the credits rolled. And so at that point, I kind of like zoned out a bit. I'll admit that much. Okay. Uh, so I did well, not notice they were actually in the musical as well. Yeah, at the end of the first film, they're all best friends in the musical. They're, I mean, they're all like having a great time and there's no tension or anything. And she's in it and the, her gang is in it. And then all of a sudden, she's in the electro rock gang and it's like okay we're enemies again now she's probably playing a different character again no it's the same character it, it, it she has the same name they're, 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 i mean they're all it's still, the same they're still person a, yeah they're still electro rock number one number two and number three yes oh christ <laughs> it's, it's electro rock uh, now but those were uh, no the two guys they were different no same guys are you sure they look totally different to me? I'm I'm almost positive. Maybe because they were seven months older. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, same guys, same guys. I'm double checking right now just to I'm confirming what I already know. Uh, <laughs> and same guys. No, wait, 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 wait. One of them was the same guy. The other is not. The head, the leader of Electro Rock in the second film. I, he, I'm pretty sure he's the new guy. I thought he was the same guy. Yeah. Somebody looked. To- I thought they were all different except for her. But one again. of them. One of them is different. Yes, one of them. But the girl's the same, and one of the guys is the same. So two thirds of Electro Rock is still the original Electro Rock. Okay. Now, uh, I hate to backtrack, but I want to try to nail down the plot to the first film. For those okay. who are not, uh, th- those of our listeners who don't want to watch it, um, Kelly is a uh, struggling artist uh, dancer, yep. and she meets up with two uh, street dancers, Ozone and Turbo, and uh, she's taken by their urban street dancing, and she decides she wants to be a part of it, so she joins up and they become a trio, and she helps them defeat uh, Electro Rock. Uh, which is an evil dance gang at a, a local dance, and then they they get a gig to um, audition for a new musical, and they are competing against her old instructor who tried the raper. Yeah, well, and then it, I think rape is a little far. I think ra- I think rape is a, a little as far as he wanted to go. <laughs> well, I'm, well, yeah. He pulled a Michael Ironside on her. <laughs> that was even, good dancing. Even ah. had the, <laughs> even had the wife beater. It wasn't made of leather, though. No, that was a wife beater blouse because they had the low cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the evil character in this, in the first, because you have to have conflict, and the evil character, besides Electro Rock, because they're just like, uh, you know, another dancing troupe, is her former instructor who sexually assaulted her one night, one day, and, uh, is trying to block them from succeeding. Now, I'm already exhausted trying to explain that and make it sound interesting, uh, but it's really just an excuse to have uh, a dance sequence every, I'd say, 10 minutes and a dance montage every 20. 
it's bad. I mean, it's it's yeah. The first one, like like you said, it's more character driven. It has even though the plot isn't as good, there is more actual acting in it. There's again, there's more character development. The characters, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I um, mean, I, I I would sooner watch that first one over the second one if I had to had oh. a choice. I want to mention it now before I forget it. One of our listeners, uh, by the name of Audrey, uh-huh. uh, she she contacted Hi, me and let me know that that hello Audrey, that uh, as a child, she had uh, two cats that were named Poppin and Lockin. Really? Because of the uh, the break in films, and she also owned the original uh, album of the soundtrack to Breakin'. And within the album, which she couldn't find, she does not have it any longer. Uh, I don't know why. Within the album was a sheet that had instructions on how to perform the breakdancing moves in the film. (laughs) I'm going to find this, and I'm going to film myself doing these moves. You are. I would like to find this. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. See, I'm trying to find a third film now. I don't. Th- there's no third film. I mean, there Dude, might be I'm another. Tellin- I'm telling you, I read that Ice T was the only character from the Breaking films to make it into the third film because they replaced everyone else with completely different characters. That, right. There, but there's no. But third the description movie. called it a, a sequel. Uh, who? Yeah, but, but whose description? I. I I could have sworn I read it on the wiki page, but it's not there anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let it, let it go. Let it go, man. Let it go. Now, now the one thing that's kind of... Uh, obviously, it, it, the movie's full of um, your 80s fashion sense and dancing. And uh, that the, the, the um, slow... The, the rap was coming into the mainstream, into white America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to explain it to uh, Holly's daughter. I was trying to explain because she's, you know, like twenty, and I was trying to explain to her back then. Uh, white America didn't really understand, didn't know about this kind of thing. So, like, breakdancing was new to White America. Michael Jackson introduced black. Ironically enough, Michael Jackson introduced black culture to a lot of White America <laughs> when he was still black, of course. Yeah, it's 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 hard to wrap your head around that. Oh, he's the reason why you know it was. <laughs> the black culture became a little bit more accepted. And one thing that's really missing from the film, which is PG, is you have a lot about, uh, you know, uh, inner city, uh, black, young blacks, uh, African-Americans, urban mm. youth, what have you, uh, you know, in the whole street counterculture clashing with upper society, in this case, the, your, your agents and your, your dance troops and your, your artists and the, her, her, uh, her dance instructor that tries to uh, auger his tongue through her head, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he pretty much stands for the, the, the white society holding down. But they really keep the race aspect to a minimum. There's never yeah, really... They, any... they they do. You're right. Yeah, I mean, and... <laughs> <laughs> the pizza shop owner in the beginning wasn't quite Italian enough to really get a uh, to really get a um, uh, uh, do the right thing feel. Yeah, yeah. 
he was almost there, but then he kind of. You, you, you didn't like get the sense that he, he's going home and beating his daughter, you know. <laughs> well, I don't think he had a daughter. I think he's going home and beating somebody else's kid. But in in the, now one thing that does uh, in the film is is that her, um, Kelly's one of Kelly's friends, her main friend, the friend that introduces her to Turbo and Ozone, two wonderful names, right. uh, is her gay friend. Now we know he's gay because. Uh, he speaks in a high voice. He's very effeminate, and every time you see him, he's wearing purple or pink. And ex- like the tightest fucking leotard I've ever seen. It, it, you could almost, you could almost see the director said, "Listen, I can't express to you how important it is that you seem as gay as possible in this film." <laughs> you I, must be as gay. If we could film you having your a, a dick slap you in the face. We do it, but we can't because it's PG. So I need you to pretend that you, in between takes, you are going and and, and feasting on cock. At the, but <laughs> really, really, you you need to make people believe that. It, it's it's so insane how like blatant it is. And I have two theories. Okay. One is that one is that they just wanted to get the whole gay thing out of the way because dancing involved. And two is that they wanted to have a character you could focus on and say, hey, look, he's gay. Because there is this weird thing about Turbo and Ozone living together the way they do. And I didn't think it was that weird. but It's not that weird at first, but it's weird enough, uh, especially since they only have one bed in the room, that you really, it's almost like, you had, all right, listen, if we put this in here, maybe they'll ignore it. And I'm saying this because it becomes a bit more weird in two when they start when like uh ozone starts giving turbo advice on how to talk to a girl and it and at the end of the whole th- uh, with a and and in during the whole thing he's uh they're dancing with a uh a doll a doll a, 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 mannequin a, dummy thing well doll because it's like stuffed it's not like hard like a mannequin and uh, they're dancing back and forth they eventually they start fighting over it and tear it apart and then gleefully laugh and start dancing with each other that's frightening on a couple of levels. Yeah, I did notice that. Um... <laughs> not, not the two men dancing and enjoying each other's company. That's not frightening. It's the fact that they get there, they had to rip apart a woman's body. It's actually <laughs> at that scene now, ironically enough. You're actually real good at doing that. Like, you'll bring up a scene, and it's on. Like, this is I'm the scene where he, you are. It's like he's showing them how to, you know, hang out with a chick and talk to her, and then he gets the, the stuffed yeah. dummy and does that. That fun stuff. Oh. Now, now, uh, so, yeah, so that there's this whole undertone that I, I guess maybe in the '80s it wasn't that ob- that much uh, out in the open uh, because you you know it was still easy just to point and say ha 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 look gay people we you know we weren't as cultured then as we are now. Uh, will and Grace aside, but <laughs> I I. That was kind of odd, but apart from like the, the that minor gay thing in the first film, they really don't draw too much on the r- actual race, uh, the race divide of the classes. It was based; it was strictly a class divide. Yeah. Now in, in this, now in the sequel, uh, after now at the end of the film, of course, they make uh, this Broadway musical that's a huge hit, and apparently nobody makes any money on it. Yeah, they're because they're still living in the fucking shack. Right, and it's and it's only been seven months, as you said. First one and second one, seven-month divide, and they've lost touch. Kelly's lost touch with them. I don't know how you lost lose touch with anybody in seven months. And and if this musical was success, successful, 
how long did it run? <laughs> that right. they're already like not on speaking terms or working together right exactly and when she goes and she sees him because oh and i really missed you and she gives him a very you know passionate uh-huh peck it's not like a soup like a like a real kiss kiss but it's you get the gist that it's like okay they've been romantic you know and Maybe. her character her character does that a lot if you notice in the first and the second film she's a she, tease she and and it, what I think they're going for is sexual tension, and it doesn't work. In the first film, mo- she thanks a lot of people by giving them like really close hugs. In this film, her new agent, whatever the f- I forget his name, Jerry or Stanley I, or I, I, I think it was Stanley. Not but Christopher McDonald. Not Christopher McDonald. He tells her that she could get a part where she could be in Paris, and she leans over oh my god thank you so much he gives him like this nice you know soft hug and i'm like did they just try and create sexual tension there because i ain't that's, falling for it that's how your agent gets you the jobs yeah, that's, that's what i've heard so yeah so in between the two films they've drifted apart the musical's not happening anymore O's on a turbo are still living in a garage somewhere with one bed and uh, and teaching children at a community center while she's doing like uh, line dancing on Broadway. Horrible job. Right. She hates it. But a new a new twist to her character that makes no sense, but they just threw it in there. Is all of a sudden she has rich parents. Yeah, she's like the the scene where she goes home and she's sitting in beautiful mansion, manicured lawn and everything, and you just see her dad throw an olive in a martini. And he's like, <laughs> like he's fucking old school, you know. <laughs> That's the first shot you see is just this olive dropping in a fucking glass. It's not even a martini glass. It's like a whiskey glass because he's that fucking crazy. He's they, that old school. They cut, the they cut out the scene when after he drops the olive in the martini, he beats the maid with like a stick. <laughs> oh, and I love. What's your favorite scene in the film, if you have one? I don't know if I have a favorite scene. I have favorite. Uh, I have favorite. Um, I think my favorite scene is what I'm getting up to, uh, or is an example of what I'm getting up to is that uh, they throw they, they just throw this new thing in where she's rich. So they, they, there's no real explanation for it because in the first film she's driving a crappy car. Uh, you know she lives in a small apartment. She has to, she's not talking to her. Her parents aren't using their connections to get her connections. So it's really weird that all of a sudden it's, oh let's just give her rich parents. And we're we're right into the realm of boogie uh, boogie nights, not boogie nights, uh, roller boogie. Roller boogie. Uh, almost identical plot line to an extent. Uh, very identical actually. Six but, years removed um, though. Wasn't roller boogie yeah. seventy eight? Oh, yeah. and it's it's a very generic plot. It's not like oh. it's not like yeah, yeah, roller yeah. boogie was the first to use it. Um, but the class divide now has this added undertone of. Yeah, they're poor and black. <laughs> they don't say it, <laughs> but they but suddenly the film is much more conscious of the 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 racial uh, uh, divide. So, if I have a favorite scene, it's the scene that really just shows the worst writing in the whole film. I think, which is hard in this film, is when uh, the uh, the father invites the daughter to dinner, and she brings along Turbo and Ozone. That's and my it's almost scene too. It's it's almost like uh, this the, the dinner scene in uh, Soul Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> mom, <laughs> dad, I'm black. 
and and uh, just they, they you know the, the they bring in the love interest that's the preppy white guy and he even talks like oh excuse me yeah you know, you know it's it's it's, oh. it's funny thing about Hollywood I'm so busy because they all sue each other. It's like, <laughs> and then they pan over to Turbo and Ozone, and they're like, <laughs> I actually genuinely laughed at that. I thought that was a genuinely funny scene. <laughs> but my favorite scene, my favorite scene in that whole dinner sequence, okay? Do you know where I'm going? You might not. I don't know. Go, I, you probably don't because it's so quick, you might even have missed it. Do it. Turbo and Ozone. Uh, Kelly, they're all in the house. The mother, she goes and she meets them. The doorbell rings, and you hear Kelly go, Oh, that yeah. must be dead. What? <laughs> Why would your father ring his own goddamn doorbell? What the fuck like, are you talking about? Like and it was another like one of those scenes where they just... They they voiced it over. It's like, oh, we need to add something here. It's like, who the fuck did that get by? Oh, the scene is coming on now. Here, you won't be able to hear it, but I'll play it. Um, and Turbo. I can hear it. <laughs> oh, hi, Mom. Hello, dear. Good to see you. How have you been doing? Even the cat's <laughs> white. So, you must be uh, Turbo and Ozone. You you certainly have original names, uh, <laughs> unique flair for fashion, which apparently is rubbing Here off it is. on my it's coming. Yeah, thank you. That must be Dad. <laughs> Wait, Here's that's not Dad. <laughs> Hello, Evelyn. <laughs> Hello, Evelyn. Oh, I'm so happy you could accept our invitation. He's like two octaves away from fucking uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Fucking Lecter. Hello, Evelyn. <laughs> It's so good to see you. <laughs> it's like if Kerry Elways had throat cancer, he'd sound like that. Uh, oh, I see you're serving liver with a nice Chianti. <laughs> yeah. What my, the fuck, man? My favorite part's actually coming up at the dinner party itself. Uh, when, when the father launches in the whole, I know what you people do with money. <laughs> <laughs> with your drugs <laughs> and your clothes. If we, when we get up to that part, if you can play that, that I, sure. That was just was like it was. Like, <laughs> oh, I know why you're here. You're gonna ask me for money. <laughs> what are these Negroes doing at my dinner table? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's. It, they really they, they they evoked it as much as possible without really going out there and making it a race issue. Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, that coming and, up? And, and yeah, and they're throwing the food in there. And here it is. They're throwing the food in there, and it's, it's tomato sauce. And I'm like, why are they making this face? They don't eat tomato the sauce. Calamari, calamari. But, oh. there's, there's well, calamari yeah. What do you you don't find that out until you know. That's true. Yeah, I was the same way. Say so they don't like spaghetti sauce. <laughs> See, Mrs. B, everyone loves your. They're cooking. so filthy rich, but his wife still has to cook. What the fuck? You scared a fortune sending me to Cordon Bleu. Well, it was well... Cordon Bleu. This is the first time I've tried this dish, but I'm really rather pleased. Uh, I got a different actress to do the voiceover and everything. Wonderful. Wonderful. Dad, uh, it is good. You know, I think I'm going to have just a little bit more, if I may. 
Well, boys, how are things going down at your club? Kelly tells me that you've been doing just wonderful things with these poor little deprived children. <laughs> Actually, Miracles is having some trouble, Dad. Those people can't stay out of trouble no matter what you do for them. <laughs> Look at that one of those people. Oh, well, Derek, what a didn't prick. Mean to be rude. <laughs> Did you, Derek? You know the colors. Derek always means to be rude. Yeah. Well, what kind of trouble are you in? We're not in trouble. Our building is. Yeah, they're gonna tear it down and build some stupid shopping center there. But they are giving us a chance to save the building. Why does she feel the need to throw that in every five minutes? You're here for money. Well, I know <laughs> what you people do with money. You mismanage it. You spend it on drugs and fancy clothes and cars. Dad. I don't see any point in throwing good money after bad. Come on, Turbo. Look, we don't need your help. We can take care of our own. Oh, and thanks for the dinner, Mrs. Bennett. Now, yes. I, you yeah. turn the sound down on it yeah. after that point. Now, the, the only thing funnier than the fact that you, you, we, we really get a, a really blatant racist tone there yeah. is, is that uh, Ozone ends it with, we don't need your help. And before, at the, uh, when she invited him to dinner, he was like, I don't need your father's money. At the end, they saved the, the, the community center because her father comes up and writes a check. Yep, so I guess they needed help. his money. I guess they did need his help. Because <laughs> they were never getting that 50 grand. The fact that they got to 150 at that point astounded me. There's no way that e that happens. When, when uh, the company that was going to make the shopping center, which they should have made, um, they... Uh, they on oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Are you saying they should have torn down the community center? Yes. What about all those children? Tell them to go home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tell them they don't need the goddamn break dancing. Go home. That's... Wow. I love it when they now... when the when they said uh, you know they the building is in such disarray and. They need, uh, you know, $200,000 to fix it up. They could just go to that other club, that blah, Robotron or Radiotron. And, and the one woman, the councilwoman, she's like, yeah, I guess they could. Roll credits. <laughs> now, I believe that, that the, the movie was based on the true story of a place called Radiotron. I think that's what they mentioned. That's why they gave a nod to it. Because it was actually a situation where there's a community center and, and people rallied around it and they saved it from a developer. I remember seeing that in the trivia somewhere when I was doing my research. God. I'm still trying to find that Breakin' sequel. Oh, stop with it. There's no third Breakin' movie. There's a fucking third movie, I'm there telling you. There is not. There is not. Now, uh, there, are more, there are more plot complications in Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, yeah. uh, because of the whole thing with them trying to tear down a community. Also, there's a whole subplot where all the other Latino women uh, in the area apparently don't want the white girl dating ozone so they try to muscle her out this can't and then, be right and then turbo falls in love and then falls down a flight of stairs yeah so funny <laughs> and then there's a whole rap dance sequence in the hospital at that point yeah. you know you're done yeah, yeah. at that oh, point yeah. you know you're done there's nothing going on well you know when i knew well, you know when i knew i was done when his girlfriend walks out of the closet 
And then you just hear in the background, maybe she lives in there. And she doesn't speak a word of English. <laughs> like, this, this actually, is not a dream, right? This is actually happening. She walks out of the closet, kisses him, and he wakes up. It's like, really? <laughs> what the fuck? That's after the, the whole upside-down room sequence? Uh, shortly after. That scene yeah. on now. Now, ironically, I read that sh- the actress didn't actually speak any Spanish, and so they had to dub all those lines in. Oh, yeah. Por favor! <laughs> por favor! <laughs> <laughs> How many times did she say por favor? Jesus. <laughs> I like the fact that the room, the turning room where he dances and does his little Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling thing, yeah. uh, they borrowed that from a, fr- uh, a Freddy Krueger film. Oh, okay. the first one? Or Johnny Depp I, uh, is I don't, not Johnny Depp. There's that guy, the girl. She's getting fucking killed, and he's just reaching, Linda, or whatever the fuck her name was. He's just like reaching at her as, she, as she's flipping around the ceiling. Is it, was it the first one though? I don't know. It was the first one, which also came out the same year as this, 1984. I just didn't know if that was the rotating room from the first one, or if they had a rotating room for another one. I don't know. No, I didn't it, see it was, which. which was I didn't see which one, one it was from. Actually, didn't Fred Astaire or Danny Kaye do that first? Oh, yeah, Fred Astaire did it too. It was a big yeah, deal because uh, it was the way they, you do the camera shot where it's seamless, where he you know, walks up and around and completely. Uh, well, back then, in a they, they didn't have. Yeah, back then, they didn't have houses that would turn upside down either, so that Fred Astaire actually had the dance on the ceiling. So it was that, a bigger That it was man a big was deal a genius. Genius, yeah, that man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sweet lord. And she just pops up anywhere. Like, he just thinks about her, and then she's in the scene. Except when he falls down the stairs. She's nowhere to be found there. Yeah, she's... I think she tripped him. And to be fair, he deserved to fall down the stairs, because he stole the construction guy's lunch. That's right. It's not the construction guy's fault they're tearing down the community center. and And I love when he falls down. It's a completely... It's a stunt person, but they didn't even attempt... To get someone that kind of looked like him, because he's so small and skinny, and the guy falling down looked like he looked like John Amos. I mean, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, Turbo's falling down the stairs, and he gained seventy pounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it, it, you know, speaking of criminal activities, uh, yeah. the one it, it, it's much more. Oh, and speaking of criminal activities, uh-huh. got, ozone's. Every time someone like demeans him in some fashion, his immediate thing is to is physically assault them. He's he's like Marty McFly in in the second and third Back to the Futures. It's just the minute you insult him, he's like, "Excuse me, huh? Huh?" <laughs> always, there always has to be two people to hold him back so he doesn't actually get into a fight of any kind. And then when there is an actual fight, it's the, calls it's me them chicken. against. Well, no, it's that weird West Side Story. But breaking style fighting when they meet up with the electro rock. Remember that uh, well, part? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're they're it's it's like a street fight, but they they have weapons, but they're not using. And then they stop the street fight by taking their weapons and throwing them in the in the garbage can. It's 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 like they first saw cop rock. Cop rock. <laughs> it's like they knew that was gonna like this was what the I guarantee this was the inspiration for cop rock, but. And it's a long fight sequence too, where nothing, no, no physical contact happens. They just dance next to each other, and and they did a little of that in the first film, but the second one they've got garbage can lids and nunchucks and whoa, 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 whoa. and then now you're blatantly not touching each other. What kind of rivalry is this? 
Oh, I, yeah, I, true. I do like Electro Rock for one reason. They stayed evil till the end. They I, did. I, the only part that really redeemed the film for me was when Ozone approaches the, the, the lead of Electro Rock. Like, we have to fight together to save the, the And he's like, you know, we, we have to stand together to take it our community apart. These are our streets. I mean, they, we're going to be gone if they, we let them do that. We need, we need to work together. And he looks up and he's like, I'm not taking your job. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then later at the end, when they're bringing the bulldozers up to tear down the community center, Electro Rock's there, pointing and laughing, directing the, the bulldozers. There's where you destroy it. Yes, go there. <laughs> <laughs> and even when they're raising the money, they're like they're dancing with them. But you could tell it's just like, yeah, we're just dancing because we like. Yeah, we're just dancing. <laughs> we we just like to do that. That's all. We we still hope you lose in your community center. <laughs> yes. We we hope <laughs> now it, 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 when you're fixing it, it collapses. We hope you spend two hundred thousand dollars for no reason. Speaking of fixing, I, I I would like to suggest one change to both films. Just one that would, just one change that would okay. so alter both films that it would redeem them both. I don't you know if that's possible, but I'm ready. You replace Electro Rock. With the street gang from the Exterminator 2. <laughs> they're still dancers. They got the moves. Only they're insane and they like to rape and kill people. <laughs> Gets a new rating. Whole new respect. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Sure. I, I guarantee Mario Van Peebles would introduce the, some drugs and violence into these films and make them a bit more realistic on... On 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 a, on a dirty gritty eighties level. Why I mean, not? the eighties—that's the era of just say no, and then, and then uh, people being kids being set on fire because they told dealers they weren't going <laughs> to take their drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny. Why are you laughing? I don't. I, I'm just envisioning people on fire trying to dance. It, <laughs> In real life, they weren't dancing. They were just like rolling on the floor, screaming "Ah, ah, ah!" I'm on fire. But yeah, that would be funny. interesting in this film. It would be interesting in that. Even even the street gang from um, Savage Streets would be an improvement. But I think we need to keep it more urban and go with Mira Van Peebles and his crew. Even though sure. he had a mix of races there too. But and Breaking the Breaking too uh, is is got a bit of a mix. It's it's more black in part two than it was one. But again, I think they were pushing that actual racial division that was you know more true to life than they did in the first film right i wonder if i wonder if spike lee would do i want to do a remake of breaking because then the pizza shop owner would be more italian <laughs> how come you get little pictures of break dancers on your wall and he would be beating his daughter every night that's for sure i can't find the movie it's I'm gonna not, find it and I'm gonna post exist. it. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna post it on Delusional. Movie Sucktastic. Delusional. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know if I have anything else to add to the break-in films. Uh, uh, a cultural uh, and do do we even do we even make films like they did like exploitation films like they did back in the '80s for fads like breakdancing? I mean, no. Now, I mean, like the the Step It Up films and everything. Yeah, they're dance movies. But it, I don't think that that uh, like dance like cheerleader dance squad battles are really trending. I think it's just they made it because they could put a lot of hot chicks dancing around. 
Yeah. Uh, With this country yeah. apologizing every other day for something stupid, it ain't happening. What? What are you talking about? You said, do they still make exploitation films that would... Yeah. Well, who's, who's apologizing? What are you talking about? I'm talking about this country as a whole. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the reference. I'm talking about if they, if they were going to make an exploitation film, someone would apologize for it because someone would be offended. No, no one apologizes for offending people. I totally disagree with that. And I think we still make plenty of films that offend people. Actually, I, I think we're to the point now where, where whenever a film or especially a cable television show is made, they go out of their way to make sure that there's controversial or they offend somebody. Film and cable television Not might have a little bit more pull, but if, no, it's, uh, broadcast, if it's broadcast television uh, or some cable stations they would okay, go out of their way to not offend people broadcast ta broadcast television is different because first of all you have fcc regulations and you're trying to you're, you're getting a large you have, chunk of you still have fcc and, with cable and and okay you're, you're still you're still you're still uh <clears throat> your common denominator is a lot lower because you're talking about people that can't afford cable and you're dealing with the midwest as well and so you're trying not you're trying not to lose whole affiliates of your syndicated material. I disagree totally that people are apologizing every time someone gets offended. I, I think we have offensive films left and right. I think we hear more about them because the minute something happens, every news organization jumps on it and twitters it, and everything is uh, oh there's an outrage. And I think we hear about outrages, but it's I think very self it's fake exactly. outrage. I, I, I don't think any action is ever actually taken either by people that are offended. I but there's still an apology issued. This is more of a stranger's uh, I, topic. Yeah, but, right? I, well, I, but since we're talking about films, I, what was the last film that apologized for something? I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't see the reference as being factual. No, 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 that's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at that it doesn't even get to that point because they just balk. And they, they, they don't even bother I, to put in like I, the tougher, more offensive subjects... Uh, oh, I, I totally disagree. No, I, I I'm can't not. Even... Listen, listen, listen. I'm not saying like Quentin Tarantino doesn't go and, and and he doesn't make, you know, Django. He does. There's no issue with that. I'm talking about more or less, uh, more ma main. Nah, see this. I'm I'm trying to get the right words. Not that Django is in mainstream. I'm talking about if they want to try and sell a film to a much wider audience to get as many asses in seats as possible. They're going to try and keep it PG-13 or less, and they're going to yeah, try not and not to be as offensive as possible. But but that's that's not kowtowing to uh, insensitive uh, outrage. That's just marketing. They've always done that whenever they could. Uh, you 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 try to kowtow to your widest audience. So okay, if we're going to have less stuff in here that would offend more people, we're going to make more money. That's just marketing. I don't think there's any. I don't think I don't think people are. I, I don't see apologies happening left and right every time something's offensive i th i think the only time we see it these days is when stuff is blatantly uh offensive to uh something that we're actually having more uh appreciation for now it doesn't uh, happen for film probably much at all but as far as uh, apologies yeah, being all. given out there there there's apologies every other day I, somebody I somebody then maybe you should pay attention some more Somebody of, of no. a high profile is apologizing every other fucking day for something stupid. Well, but what, there's a... But what, I'm not even talking, talking about, about the films. entertainment industry. I'm not even talking about that anymore. Well, now we've just moved completely into strangers. Well, why not? I'm That's just talking about this country as a whole. 
I took a little bit of for film and made it, tried to make a point about how they they might avoid being offensive. Not that I'm saying that that is what's happening. I'm just saying. Right, let me, let me I wouldn't from- be surprised if if they have say ideas. It's like we can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do this. We're going to offend somebody, and it doesn't even make it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but again, that's marketing, and so uh, from a stand. Still since doesn't you mean up, that. Okay. Since you brought it up in the context of films, I will just say that in the context of films, I totally disagree with what you're saying. With film, theatrical releases, sure. Everything else, I have a feeling that there's this, this, this overbearing, um, just. I I know it. It's it's the lawn. You started caring about your lawn, (laughs) and you're moving to the right. No, 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 no. Moving to the. I I, I saw this coming. Stop! Stop! (laughs) I I asked you flat out too. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I just think it's this overbearing uh, situation of. It's not. It but, is. But we can talk about stra- we can talk about the strangers because we've already eh. we've already underlined the fact that for film, besides the ob- obvious restrictions by the MPA, which is run by f- fucking Mormons, uh, and be- besides the fact that with any mass mo- mass media you're releasing, you are going to try to prevent offending a large chunk of your audience. So if someone says something like, "Yeah," You know what? The reason blacks, and this was in the news recently, uh, when a reporter says, yeah, you know the reason why uh, uh, young black kids are killing cops? Because they don't have any fathers. Then you say, oh, you know, we just offended the entire black community because one idiot spotted an opinion with no basis in fact. Yeah, we should apologize for that because it was fucking stupid and we're going to lose credibility. And so, I, think, I think that's most of what you're talking about. But as I'm far not as saying films, every apology isn't warranted. <laughs> But but I, I don't I, I never said that. But you're bringing it up and like like not you, but you're bringing it up that it's like a knee jerk kind of thing, and I don't think it is. I think it's an awareness thing. Uh, but I think as far as films go, I don't think anybody's apologizing for films. And if and if they're toning films down to a PG thirteen, it's just because they want kids to buy the tickets. They don't give a shit about actually offending well, that, anybody. That is that is true. No, that, that's that's all. I, I agree I, with you uh, on I I agree with you on the film aspect, uh, but. Like I said, uh, I, I do feel that they might be holding back a little bit. And let's Just not a little. Forget, yeah, and let's not forget, you know, for all the criticism of the MPAA, the MPAA is a voluntary organization. The only reason that, that film studios toe the line with the MPAA is that if the MPAA gives you an NC-17 or X, you know, in the past they never copyrighted it, but they would still, they would just say you had an X. Uh, but if they give you an NC-17... Uh, a lot of newspapers will not advertise, a lot of television channels will not advertise an NC-17 rated film, so you lose marketing revenue. That's why the Hollywood as a whole, who has agreed to go with the MPAA, uh, allows them to dictate what's violent or too violent or too sexy for whatever audience they're doing. Right. It is a self-regulation. It's not the government stepping in. So we can hate the MPAA, but they've done that kind of as, as a, a way to prevent the government from actually stepping in and saying, yeah, we need to control this. So I, I'll, I'll criticize it, but it's still created by the industry as a whole to protect itself, and the industry uh, conforms with it specifically to protect their advertising dollars. So it's all about money. I, I, it, I don't think it, anybody's... It, it always is about money. 
Right. Well, I mean, in film, yes. Film, television, cable, it's all money. Uh, we're talking about entertainment as opposed to other areas where there might be what, apologies What, cable every and day. TV is in entertainment? I, yeah, I'm saying. The whole reason why anyone apologizes is because of money and ad no. revenue. Well, no, not necessarily. But, uh, but that, that, really? That, 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 well, no, because then we're getting into a different area of the the uh, social media, which is a different show. That's why I'm saying for you, in the entertainment industry, you are correct. It all comes down to money. That's why they're doing it. Network. All right. It's it, movie network. That's it. All right. So do we want to go ahead and rate both films? Uh, no. Yeah, we do. Uh, no? Breaking <laughs> break is 5.5. Way too high. <laughs> Way too fucking high. I get. I you know what? Breaking the the, the first film, Breaking. I give a solid five stars. Why? Because the production value is not that bad. I mean, that's saying it's average. It is. I think break. I think the first film is average. I think it's your average exploitation film of that time period. What do you give not- uh, Exterminator to? Four stars. Yeah, and that's why Four? I'm going to suggest that's why I'm going to suggest Breaking Two deserves less than Breaking One because Breaking Two has that Exterminator Two uh, Exterminator Two feel to it. If I was going to rate both films, maybe you can convince me otherwise. I would say four for Breaking, three for Breaking Two. The reason why I'm saying so low for Breaking Two is because it's not a fucking movie. It's oh, not. Again, but again, that's where we disagree, because like I said, I think part two has a more coherent plot structure than the first film. Okay, and there's still 80 minutes of eighty minutes of music video still happening. Now, I just so happen... You know what I want to do? Not. Uh, I'll interrupt you just real quick. What I want to do is said. I want to... I said I want to, and I, <laughs> I did. Know, I know, I said you just did. <laughs> I want to take the, the film, Breaking, okay? And I want to take every scene that's not dancing or music... And I guarantee I can cut that down to a ten-minute movie of just okay. acting. You know what's you know what's so funny about that? What you know what you inter- you, you know what you just inter- interrupted me from saying? Go ahead. Is that no no no? I'm not. That wasn't a criticism. I think no no it's no. Funny I know. I know. You stopped me from saying what I was going to say before you jumped in and made that suggestion. Was that <clears throat> even though I'm doing like ten things the, this week with all the stuff I'm happening, I took the time out amongst everything. To edit all the break dancing scenes out of breaking, <laughs> and I, I'll have the final product so we can post on YouTube uh, tonight awesome. or tomorrow. And get now the original runtime for breaking is, I believe, an hour and twenty-two minutes. I believe so. Do you want to yeah. guess how many minutes it is? What I've taken out all. It that, actually now, says I, ninety minutes. Uh, it says I, 90 minutes on uh, IMDb, so I don't no, know where let, eight minutes went. You know, I, I, I'm. Let's all right, Let's say 90. I'm not going to nitpick minute, a minute or two of credits. Okay. Uh, if if breaking is 90 minutes long, and I removed, and this is what I did. I actually went through and edited out every any anything that had break dancing in it, with the exception of if there was dialogue and there was dancing behind the person while people were talking, as long as the main people on the screen were not dancing, I left the scene in. Okay. Anything else I cut out. This includes the entire Broadway thing at the end. Gone. This is the every, first film you did this to. The first film. Every montage of dancing, gone. 
Anything with dancing in it, gone. How many minutes? The first film? First film. I, I would say the I first film. I have not done the second one yet. And I am going to. 30 minutes? 40 minutes. I was shocked. That there, is insane. There is... It's, almost, it's a little over half the film is breakdancing. And the second film or is... Dance, or dancing, because I, I, I took out the formal dancing as well, not just the breakdancing. Any dancing whatsoever was removed from the, my, my cut of the film. You'll have an easier time doing that to the second film. Probably. Because and I'm, and I'm, I, I'm talking 10 film. minutes. I'd be surprised if it was 15. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's going to come under 40 for the second one, definitely. Maybe under half one? an hour. Uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm thinking it's gonna come under 15 minutes. But but I I just thought it was hilarious that you 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 cut into me to say that I'm like yeah that's that's what I did that's the funny thing. <laughs> and I and I I and I know you got a million things going on. I have a million things going on, and I applaud you for taking the time to do that because I wanted to do that. Maybe you know what? Maybe I'll do the second film if you did the first one. That's fair. Okay, you're you on. Want to do that? Okay. Sure. Uh, so uh, check check our movie sucktastic uh, YouTube page uh, after you've heard the show. The video will definitely be up. Yeah, definitely. I just have to put the end credits on it and then send it to you or upload it. We'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, um, you can upload but, it yourself. Uh, again, we'll talk yeah. about that later. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, but but my point being, uh, there's still 40 solid minutes of character development in that in in the first film, as right. opposed to the second film, which I, like as we you just agreed has even less going on in it so i i i would i would just argue that as, compared to the films coming out in that time period break-in is not that bad despite the, all the dancing maybe I, it's just because I, I hate the genre so much oh sure i i agree with you there i'm just trying to be very objective i just think that five stars really puts it like this was literally the average film coming out as far as if you want to go down the I'll I'll go down the four if you want to I don't think it deserves a four just because the dancing is actually not bad you know it's it's not like they it's not like they did a dance movie and then like they had people that couldn't dance I thought they couldn't dance <laughs> I thought they I, I thought they couldn't dance more in the second film it was just like they just threw that shit together five minutes before someone yelled what? action I mean that's I, I, how I, it felt in the second film. I think by yes, the, second the dancing film, is better in the first one, but that second film, it just really felt just sloshed together. I think it's because by the time you get the second film, you've seen all the moves. There's only <laughs> there's only so many times you can pop it and lock it before you're done with it. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. So if you want to go four stars, I'll go four stars. I'll I want to go four and I want to go three because I think they're both very bad. You know what? I'm not going to argue with those. I'll, let me do a four for breaking. And I'm a quick peek at the demographics on IMDb, which is always hilarious. Highest percentage is 10 stars. No way. It's at 17%. Yeah. More people liked the film than didn't. Uh, at least, you know, it averages out, but but 10 stars is the highest percentage of ratings with 17%. On demographics. Yeah. Now, demographics, highest demographic at 7.8 stars. Males under 18. Lowest demographic at 4.7 stars, males 45 and older. <laughs> Women are all in the middle. Now we can move on to break-in, too. Now, I also find it funny if you go into IMDb and type break-in. You got to put, put the apostrophe. 
Not the apostrophe. Well, the uh, that's apostrophe. Yeah, the apostrophe. Uh, if you just type in breaking, breaking two electric boogaloo comes up five above breaking, so it's the more popular search between the two films. But less people reviewed it or um, voted for it. That's the thing too. That only well, twenty two hundred or twenty three hundred because twenty two ninety seven for breaking two, but it was like thirty six hundred for well, the first film. Again, it's it's an anomaly because breaking again electric boogaloo defines this entire film. It's the more popular movie, but it's the less it's the the worst of the two films. It's the more popular search, but less people are actually reviewing it. It's just yeah. it, it it's it it defines the eighties in a whole right there. Yeah. Uh and uh See, maybe they could do what? A, Here's maybe the thing. they could do a maybe they could do a Sorry. breaking crossover with a wild thing. Uh, let's hope not. Breaking three, Power, wild thing. Electric three, power station, or breaking three, <laughs> power station. Uh, so three stars. I'll rate that. Yeah, and you know what's funny? You said breaking part one. <laughs> had the largest demographic was seventeen percent, ten stars. Same thing. Sa same two. thing. <laughs> same fucking and, people, guaranteed. Okay, and then uh, uh, highest demographic at seven point five stars is females under eighteen. Uh -huh. and, uh, and which is surprising because I don't think Turbo goes shirtless in the second one only the first one and the lowest demographic is 3.8 stars with once again males age 45 and higher because but the one construction worker did that's true but chasing it, after know. Turbo with it's like he's wearing a plaid shirt that's open it's open but it's not off but what, what construction it, site does that <laughs> they haven't even Evil started working Usually that comes at least midday where they're catcalling. It's like this is like eight o'clock in the morning. If they could, I, here, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. If they can remake Breaking Two uh -huh. Electric Boogaloo, and they should remake it and call it Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo without doing the first one. The evil developer that wants to tear down the community center and build a shopping mall, I guarantee they could get Donald Trump to play that character. <laughs> He is such a fucking whore for attention. I guarantee he'd do the role. As long as they wrote it so whenever he was acting it, it seemed like he was the good guy. They just don't tell him that he's the bad guy in the film. He did some shitty indie movie that I saw on Cinemax like three years ago, four years ago. I think the film's a little older than that. And I think it had Bo Derek, And she, he was sitting across the table from her and she, quote unquote, beat him. You know, she got her way... Uh, whatever he was some shitty developer like you know but he was playing himself and they move on and end scene and in the credits and it says donald that really was freaking him trump it's like really uh, yeah. <laughs> obviously it just so you're right yeah any 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 attention he could get obviously he's gonna do it if it makes him look good Definitely. it's like, you're, it's like you're good you beat me you're good if they You're can't fired. get him, <laughs> if they can't get him, maybe on a, on a whim, maybe they could get uh, uh, Mitt Romney. Maybe. Only, okay. Yeah, because I, I, he doesn't have a problem with corporations. Uh, Obama Loney. Yeah. <laughs> Obama Loney. Okay. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> as long as he can say Obama Loney. If, if if I can coin a phrase, Obama loan. Yeah, and, and you know, here's the <laughs> funny thing too. My my favorite thing about Breaking Two, yeah. when they had the blade. Now this is the kind of thing where, and this is kind of 
this is a good segue for us to just to go into the strangers after this because I'm just going to say this as far as films go. Watching an 80s film where they have the blatantly racist rich white guy, uh, I, I guess there are some people that are. I, I'm. I think. I think there's a there's a segment of society where my reaction should be that I'm offended by that. And when the when the evil rich white uh, capitalist what have you wants to tear down a community center to build a mall, uh, I'm there's a segment of society where I'm supposed to be offended because they're they're kind of uh, stereotyping rich white people as evil, and I'm not because I totally believe that there are people rich white people out there who are evil. <laughs> and well, yeah, and, and Anything, he, any and mall he, gets built, yeah, <laughs> nicely. Exactly. Yeah. There's no. Such oh, this thing is as Indian land. Fuck you. We're gonna build on top of the bodies. That's what we're gonna do. There, so he should have said no poltergeist s- based on true events. <laughs> <laughs> no one thought that was silly, right? Yeah. Oh, you never I, moved the bodies. You built on top of the land, and you never moved the bodies. <laughs> Go, Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> um, there, there's no such thing as a mall that was not built by evil intentions. That's just that's, fucking fact. It's like you know those guys so, who built the mall. They were such nice fellas. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when the when the rich guy, uh, you know, throwing the olive and the martini and the, with the tennis court dates and and lives in the huge mansion, is sitting here at the table talking about you people mismanage your money and you spend it on drugs, fancy clothes, and cars. There's not a doubt in my mind that at least 50% of the rich white people in mansions are would actually say that. <laughs> and not for nothing, but he got that mansion by stepping over everyone else. <laughs> That's how he got there. It's like, oh, you're a poor white person? Yeah, I'm stepping on you. Oh, you're black and you live in a community and oh, pff, I'm stepping on you too. Oh, I'm going to build this mall. Oh, you, your kids used to go there? Well, now they can go to the shop right that I just built and you can <laughs> just buy garbage that's what happens. I have my if, food if, delivered, bitch. If if I was gonna say, <laughs> if I was gonna make any criticism about the social the social uh, commentary of Break into Electric Boogaloo, my only complaint would be uh, rich white developers occasionally destroy community centers for poor white neighborhoods too. That other than that, yeah. I've got I've got nothing. Oh sure. That in, in real life, people don't dance that much at all anywhere. Yeah. Even yeah. in dance studios, people don't dance that much. No. No. Nope. Now, my challenge to you. Yes. I have a sneaking suspicion that my challenge is this Phantom Third film you're talking about. Okay. And I think I think you're confused. Now, are you Hold on. passing up a golden chance to to, to challenge me to no tr- no retreat, no surrender? Not only because, that. Because of the pa- Jean-Claude Van Damme cameo? In the first film? Oh, we didn't talk about the cameo. I'm, I'm sorry. You know what? <laughs> Ten people had told me about the cameo, and I saw the cameo, and I forgot to talk about the cameo. Do you want to talk about the cameo? Well, we could talk about it briefly. But apparently, yeah. there must be, like, that. the version we saw was an hour and 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. IMDb says it's 90 minutes. Now, I'm wondering if the VHS version is the 90-minute version, and what we saw, because we watched it on YouTube, is the shorter version. Or cut version of some kind. Because there is video of him dancing. There is. Now, but I don't think they cut any more video out of it. 
but in the the feature that we saw, he's just yeah. standing there, just kind of looking on. Yeah, he's a bystander. It was first. It was his first role. He was an extra, and he was standing with the crowd, just kind of like you know, with them. Uh, and from the I read in one interview with Claude Van Damme, he said that during that scene, he kept doing uh, like backflips and splits and stuff to try to get the attention of the cameras. And they totally cut all that shit out because that's he wasn't there to, to be a fucking star. He was barely be an extra. Right. So every time he tried to draw attention to himself, they cut that shit down. Uh, but you can see him, uh, a very young Claude Van Damme with uh, uh, a low blouse cut kind of muscle, black muscle shirt. Yeah, it's like wife beater meets leotard. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's like the same thing he wore it. in fucking Bloodsport. I couldn't have said it better myself, sir. <laughs> now, I, I am passing up a perfect op- opportunity to challenge you to no treat, no surrender. Okay. I'm also passing up the perfect opportunity to challenge you to band of the hand. And I'm yes, also yes, passing up the, I'm also passing up the perfect opportunity to challenge you to Ninja Three, or and any cheerle- of the, um, and Ameri- cheerleader camp. Although a cheerleader camp, I can't find anywhere. So that's a hard one. Really? If you can find that, please let me know. Uh, so I passed up a lot of shit, Christopher. You know, there's a lot of shit here, but I wanted to stay true to the fact that we're watching these two breakdancing films that were made in the same year. Yeah. I can't remember the last time we reviewed two films in one episode. Uh, I just don't have that kind of time. <laughs> I know, but these were short films, and we knew there weren't going to be that. There wasn't going to be that much to them besides dancing, yeah. so it's kind of easy. Uh, but what I'm challenging you to is same uh, one year later, and there's a uh-huh. common theme. The, uh, there's a common theme. I'll give you one hint: apostrophe. Uh, I'll give you another hint. Yeah. Ice T's in it. Uh, I'll I'll give you wait, another hint. Wait, 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 wait. I'll give you another hint. Mario Van Peebles makes a comeback in this challenge. And we are dealing with another wait, wait. Are you you're challenging me to New Jack City? No, I'm challenging you to another film about another urban no trend. I, I'm, I'm challenging you to another film about an urban trend in the 80s Okay. with an apostrophe and Ice-T and Mario Van Peebles. I'm challenging you to the film Rappin'. Ugh. <laughs> I never even heard of that. <laughs> I you, Honestly, I've never seen it either. But I do my research, and I kept stumbling upon this when I was looking up stuff on the film, and I and, and I was like, "How can I not go from breaking to rapping? It just doesn't. It makes perfect sense." It's not in Ice T's IMDb. I, I Ice T does the trailer for it. I don't know if he's in the movie, but if you play the trailer, he raps the mo- the, the the movie. Jesus Christ! Rapping. You're you're challenging me to rapping. Rapping with Mario Van Peebles, fresh from Exterminator Two. You know, and, and oh god. And he plays he plays Rappin Hood. <laughs> Come on. I'm not kidding. His name is John uh, Hood, and in, in Ice T refers to him as Rappin Hood. And there's even a theme about him giving. You know, if you find it now, you can play the audio for our our uh, audience and play the video. For our watchers right now, before we go, 
Is that possible, or do you have it, to? It do is things? possible. You just got to give me just a minute. I, I think you should do that now, just just to, just to prepare everybody for what they're gonna have next episode. And I did not make this challenge lately. Like I said, we I, no retreat, no any Claude Van Damme. Oh shit, Time Cop. We could have done any Claude Van Damme film. Uh, and yeah. and Ninja Three: The Domination. That's great as far as bad movies go. You know, don't get me. You know, don't get me wrong. But uh, and I, you know I, what? I had, it's it's another fucking canon film. Yeah. Oh, it's also yeah, definitely it's also a canon. I forgot to mention that. That should have been my first hint. Was that it's another canon film because that would have narrowed it down. <laughs> I actually I looked up while I was uh, doing my research. The list of canon films released. Okay. Uh, 1980s canon films. Shit. Uh, oh, they were everywhere. Uh, but uh, the ninja films, missing action films. Uh, Bolero, uh, Ten to Midnight. You know, again, Bra uh, Bronson. Up. Yeah, Get I'm Treasure sick. I need help. Treasure <laughs> of the Four Crowns is a canon film. Really? Which we still which we still haven't reviewed. All right, so here's the the rapping trailer. <laughs> oh God! This is great. Why am I doing this? in the movie I see he's a guy on stage yeah. and from what I understand that's what he does in the third breaking film and that's probably why it's not on his IMDB it's not called breaking three it's a different title but they I'm telling you I read that it's a goddamn oh shit I had the camera on me the whole time <laughs> you're shitting me really I, <laughs> wow. Wow. Whoops. I'm not going to say anything about production value. Don't worry. We're going to fucking play it again next we'll week. Play, we'll play it next episode, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, my favorite part of that trailer is at the end where, where, where Ice-T says, this movie has to happen. No, it didn't. <laughs> it no. really didn't. I'm sure you read somewhere that there was a third break-in film. I just don't think that's accurate. They I'm not said, saying you're they wrong. Said th they said there was a I'm third film. And the only person that reprised their role from the first two was Ice-T as, like, the rapping DJ. All the other characters were replaced by new people. I, but they I, said I, it was a third film. And I will fucking I, find it. I, I, again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying whatever you're believing is wrong. <laughs> All right, we'll see. There's a difference. We'll see. And if there was a third one, Canon would have done it. I don't know. Canon doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to go into all the canon films because we're, we're going to wrap up now, but I will say... Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Superman 4, Quest for Peace. Fucking A. <laughs> I told you that I downloaded that for my son 
so that yes. uh, he can watch it because it has the most action. All the other films, it kind of builds up a little bit. That one is like out of the gate, the most action, and he hated it. <laughs> he made me put on the first film, which is like two and a half hours. Sat through the whole thing. Still a bad movie, but, you know, ten times better than the fourth one. Anyway, all right. Episode 146 of Movie Sucktastic. I always thank you. Uh, you can download all of our episodes at our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can listen to the shows there as well. Or you can l download them at iTunes.com. Uh, just do a search for Movie Sucktastic. Leave a review while you're there. You can watch the show live at livestream.com slash moviesucktastic. You can also watch, watch the show live from our website. Um, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. Go to our Tumblr at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. You can leave us email, themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. Or you can leave us voicemail, 908-514-4470. You can also download... Did, what? I was going to say, did you mention the app? I mentioned it last, because if they're listening to the end, it's the last thing they're going to hear. And maybe they'll actually go and download it. But if they're not listening to the end, they'll never hear about it. Yeah, well, that's why we need to bookend our fucking shit. And now that we're both back from vacation, it's going to get done, sir. <laughs> We've been hearing this since last year. You know, don't be a negative Nancy. Be a positive Polly. Okay. Uh, you can download our app at the Android store. As Scott says, fuck. Fuck Mac. Fuck the iPhone. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah iPhone. Yeah. Uh, download our app at the, uh, the Android store. Just do a search for Movie Sucktastic. It comes right up. You can download all of our episodes right to your phone. You can listen to them right then and there. Movie posters, uh, album art. Uh, uh, you can leave a voicemail right yeah. from the phone. Yeah, touch of a button, leaving us voicemail. Touch of a button, leaving us email. It's a great app. Uh, we, we, we made it with you in mind. So and you definitely free. need to go and get it. And it's totally free completely free like the show is like everything we do is because that's right we're, we're, we're martyrs to the cause that's right we've never asked you for money ever ever because I can't figure out how to get a Kickstarter going otherwise we would have but <laughs> I, I can but I'm not I'm, never mind <laughs> anyway <laughs> we'll talk we need to a you new hard week. drive quick quick send us money stop stop it <laughs> <laughs> We didn't save uh, anything. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, with that, bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Carbonate? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So that's why they call it Crash Plan. Oh. <laughs> Ah. Uh.